Washington, D.C. held their final presidential primary. We made it! Yay! Through the beginning of the election. Wait, what? Just five more months. Oh, man. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM People Powered Radio in LA. 98.7 FM in Santa Barbara, 93.7 FM in San Diego, 99.5 FM Ridgecrest and China Lake. Up in Oregon on 91.7 FM KYAQ on the Central Coast, 106.7 FM Queso in Cottage Grove. Up in Pennsylvania in Lancaster on 93 FM WLRI. Out in Hawaii on 88.5 FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. In Ohio on WGRN 94.1 FM in Columbus. And in Minneapolis, St. Paul on the great AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. And of course, streaming coast to coast and around the globe on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, Radio or Not, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR Nashville, Detour Talk in East Tennessee, Radio Monterey, and yes, blanketing planet Earth. Five days a week on Radio Sputnik. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you for joining us today for your radio home companion that we call the Bradcast. Uh, We are live in the studio today in uh, beautiful... North Hollywood, wherever the hell we are here at the KPFK studios. Uh, And so I hope to uh, even open the phones in a bit. But in the meantime, it's over. Yes, it's finally over. Well, the voting part anyway. Well, in the presidential primaries anyway, even if the counting and the attempts at oversight and verification and the jockeying for the future of the Democratic Party continues... And, oh, yeah, the future of the Republican Party, uh, the jockeying for that will continue, and it won't be pretty. We will have the results from Tuesday's Democratic presidential primary in Washington, D.C. The last one, the blessedly last one of the 2016 cycle and much more shortly. We will also have uh, Desi Doyen will be joining us with our latest Green News report. Uh, A lot to cover there. And of course, uh, when we have one of these situations where I have to turn to Desi Doyen for uh, some upbeat news, that gives you an idea of where we are in this country on this particular day. Uh, Des, are are your headphones? They're not working yet. All right. Well, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Stay there. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you. We'll talk to her in a bit. Um, plus your calls on uh, all of the above and more, including the continuing fallout from the Orlando massacre over the weekend and whatever else may be on your mind today. I'd love to hear from you at 818-985-5735 with your thoughts on Orlando, on the presidential primary, on questions you may have for me about results and more. 818-985-KPFK is our phone number. I'll get to those phones in a little bit. Got a lot to cover here uh, first today. We are now learning uh, much more about this Indiana man 
who was uh, charged over the weekend after uh, uh, being found to have a whole bunch of uh, weapons and heading towards the gay pride parade out here in West Hollywood. An Indiana man was charged on Tuesday now with three felony weapons violations after authorities say they found three assault rifles and explosive chemicals in his car before a major L.A. gay pride parade. James Wesley Howell. Well, that doesn't sound like a, a, a Muslim name. James Wesley Howell, 20 years old, made his first appearance in L.A. County Superior Court. A lawyer entered not guilty pleas on his behalf to charges of possessing an assault weapon, possessing a destructive device on a public street, and importing or manufacturing a large magazine. He was charged with a misdemeanor count of possessing a loaded firearm in a vehicle, and a judge set his bail at $2 million, saying that uh, that Howell poses a significant public safety danger. That, even though... He has no known ties to ISIS whatsoever. Yeah, he's just uh, some uh, some white guy from Indiana. He was arrested Sunday in Santa Monica. Police say that uh, the weapons and explosives found in his car uh, were with him when he apparently drove from Indiana. Howell told police that he was headed to a, the gay pride parade in West Hollywood, but it's unclear whether he intended any violence or not at that event. Uh, nonetheless, the timing of that arrest on Sunday, as news was breaking out of Orlando, obviously caught uh, a lot of people's uh, attention on Sunday and in the days since. On Tuesday, uh, the uh, the sheriff's office back in Clark County, Indiana, said that Howell is also the subject of a sexual assault investigation uh, for an incident that occurred on May 31, about two weeks before Howell's arrest here in California. In October as well, Howell was accused twice within four days of pulling a gun and making threats. The first incident involved Howell's then-boyfriend and the second, a neighbor. Both men told the AP that Howell was hot-headed. He has a lot of anger problems, uh, said his ex-boyfriend. His former roommate said Howell owned five guns and had a bad temper during one trip to a gun range. She said Howell told her, quote, I wish I could kill a lot of people. And again, he has nothing to do with ISIS. He has nothing to do with al-Qaeda, even though ISIS and al-Qaeda have told folks in the West how easy it is to buy guns in the United States. This guy has nothing to do with them, as far as we know. He had been convicted in April of misdemeanor intimidation stemming from uh, one of the incidents involving his neighbor. He was sentenced to a year of probation and was not allowed to have weapons or leave Indiana But hey, this is America. You can't take a guy's weapons away. So he was able to uh, buy a whole bunch of them uh, and leave Indiana. He was found with a loaded assault rifle with magazines rigged to allow 60 shots to be fired in quick succession. He also had 15 pounds of chemicals mixed and ready to explode, according to police in California. When he uh, when he was picked up in Santa Monica, there was an assault rifle in his car's passenger seat, 15 pounds of shock shot, which are two chemicals that when uh, that explode when they're when they're mixed and they're shot. The assault rifle had uh, a, a 30 round magazine. And uh, it had been inverted to have another 30-round magazine taped to it, according to police. Uh, The uh, deputy district attorney said that uh, 
Gun enthusiasts don't mix that shock shot chemical until it's ready to be used as uh, required by federal regulations and that the amount that Howell had far exceeds any amount that would reasonably be used, unquote. A former longtime FBI agent said the manipulation of the guns magazines would allow someone to reload 30 rounds in less than two seconds. Someone could reload 30 rounds in less than two seconds. He said it doubles your killing capacity by 100 percent. For a civilian to have a weapon rigged as such, quote, suggests his purposes were deadly. We'll be following that story, even though it has nothing to do with ISIS or al-Qaeda or uh, Islamic uh, extremism. It has to do with apparently American extremism and apparently what it is that we do in this country just for fun. We buy huge weapons and then apparently we kill a lot of people with them. In the meantime, a 37-year-old man was arrested on Tuesday after allegedly threatening a Seattle mosque and after engaging in what the Seattle Times described as a brief standoff with police. Uh, Police told the paper that the man posted online threats against the mosque, later posting that he had purchased ammunition and an assault rifle. Of course he did, because God bless America. A spokesman for the Idris Mosque told the Seattle Times that police informed him uh, that uh, that his mosque was the target. The suspect was arrested by police after a brief standoff at his home. No injuries were reported in that incident, apparently. So good police work in uh, in both Seattle and here in Los Angeles, despite uh, Donald Trump going all over the television over the past, uh, what, 48, 72 hours uh, since uh, since Orlando and telling everyone that we don't know what we're doing and that there is absolutely uh, nothing being done by American authorities concerning terrorism. Well, look, we caught a couple of them. So there's that. President Obama uh, took to the uh, airwaves himself uh, yesterday to talk about the Orlando massacre, to talk about guns, to talk about terrorism and to uh, to talk about whether we ought to do something about that in this country. We have to make it harder for people who want to kill Americans to get their hands on weapons of war that let them kill dozens of innocents. It is absolutely true. We cannot prevent every tragedy. But we know that, consistent with the Second Amendment, there are common sense steps that could reduce gun violence and could reduce the lethality of somebody who intends to do other people harm. People with possible ties to terrorism who aren't allowed on a plane shouldn't be allowed to buy a gun. Enough talking about being tough on terrorism actually be tough on terrorism and stop making it easy as possible for terrorists to buy assault weapons. Of course, the NRA has worked for years to make it as easy as possible for terrorists to buy assault weapons. The NRA and the Republicans uh, who they support have uh, have spent years uh, trying to make sure that anyone who's on the uh, uh, terrorist watch list, on the no-fly list, anybody like the killer in Orlando who, who has been interviewed on multiple occasions concerning sympathies to terror groups, should still be allowed to buy uh, a semi-automatic assault weapon uh, with as many rounds as they like. 
extended magazines and everything else. And there is nothing we can do about it. There is nothing that Congress can do about it, at least as long as the Republicans continue to block even the lowest hanging fruit, uh, even the, the lowest hanging fruit of legislation that might say, oh, you know what, if you're on the terror watch list, uh, if you can't get on a plane because of it, uh, maybe you should have to wait a few minutes. Maybe we should contact the FBI to make sure they're cool with you buying a weapon or even lower fruit than that. If you buy that weapon, at least uh, the gun shop, maybe if they buy it from a gun shop, if the gun shop uh, sells you that weapon, uh, maybe the FBI should be informed when it's sold to someone who's been interviewed by the FBI on multiple occasions concerning sympathy to terror groups. That's what Democrats are hoping in any event as we go to air. They are uh, Senate Democrats are filibustering in the U.S. Senate, attempting to try to get to some kind of low hanging fruit legislation passed, trying to close these uh, gun show loopholes, trying to uh, uh, you know go up against the uh, the NRA and the Republicans who insist that folks on the terror watch list still ought to be able to buy all of the semi-automatic weapons they want. Hillary Clinton as well spoke about uh, taking some kind of action yesterday. The terrorist who killed 49 people and wounded 53 others in Orlando did it with two guns, a handgun and a Sig Sauer MCX rifle. If you don't know what that is, I urge you to Google it. See it for yourself. This man had been investigated by the FBI for months. But we couldn't stop him from buying a powerful weapon that he used to slaughter Americans in large numbers. Let's get this straight. We have reached the point where people cannot board airplanes with full bottles of shampoo. <laughs> but people being watched by the FBI for suspected terrorist links can buy a gun with no questions asked. That is absurd. No, that is America, and welcome to it. Uh, Mr. Anderson tweets me, and you can tweet me as well, at the Brad blog to say, what's the legit reason for owning an AR-15 semi-automatic? Do people need to shoot 42 deer per minute? Well, maybe they do. Deer stew for a whole bunch of people? Yeah, they have to do it, and they have to do it in a minute's time. If you have to cook really quick and you need 42 deer, of course, it makes perfect sense. Even the folks over on Fox News are finally now beginning to get this, uh, which is just that it's taken this long. Uh, and not all of them uh, by any means. But Bill O'Reilly, the biggest name in cable news, even he says, you know what? Maybe we ought to do a damn thing in this country to try to prevent gun violence. We all have the right to bear arms, but we don't have the right to buy and maintain mortars. The government has a right to regulate militias made up of individuals. They have that right in the name of public safety. Therefore, Congress should debate what kind of weapons should be available for public sale. And the states, the individual states, should decide what kind of carry laws are good for their own people. New laws are definitely needed in the age of terrorism and mass murder. The FBI and other federal agencies need the power to stop suspected terrorists or other evildoers from buying weapons 
That law needs to be very precise. Also, gun dealers all across America should be required to report the sale of certain kinds of guns, heavy what? weapons, what? directly to the FBI. That is a sane approach. Sane? Sane? We don't need any sane approaches. This is the United States of America, Bill O'Reilly. Why do you hate it? It wasn't just Bill O'Reilly on Fox News uh, who was you know, calling for finally some sort of finally... Finally, some sort of uh, uh, new safety regulations for guns. Gretchen Carlson on Fox News also said it's time for some common sense gun safety measures. Do we need AR-15s to hunt and kill deer? Do we need them to protect our families? Yes, I'm in favor of people being able to carry. I think some of these mass shootings would have been less deadly if that were the case. But I'm also with the majority today, taking a stand. Can't we hold true the sanctity of the Second Amendment while still having common sense? No, no, of course we can't. Gretchen Carlson of Fox News. Don't you watch Fox News? And by the way, for those people who uh, who, who think it would have been better off if people were uh, allowed to carry, first it's Florida, so I think they can carry. I don't know if this uh, the, the the club uh, disallowed uh, anyone from carrying a gun into the place. Um, but if they uh, either way, the notion that in a crowded dark nightclub somebody opens fire and uh, uh, Gretchen. Carlson and Donald Trump, who said the same thing yesterday, uh, want people to open up their weapons and start shooting in the darkness on a crowded dance floor and think that's going to end up better than what we had. Well, think again. Think again. Actually, ask the uh, ask the cop who was shot by uh, the, the, the shooter in Orlando uh, who did approach it. The good guy with the gun who did try to do something about it. I believe he was shot in the face. So uh, that's Fox News, how, however, beginning to show a little bit of uh, a little bit of a break from uh, right wing NRA terrorist supporting NRA GOP orthodoxy. Donald Trump was also doing the same. Donald Trump on Wednesday morning has announced that he will meet with the NRA who endorsed him about a week or two ago about keeping people on terror watch lists from being able to legally purchase firearms. Huh. Go figure. Trump has previously expressed openness to banning those on the no fly list from being able to buy guns. Uh, but of course, instead of focusing on the millions the NRA has spent to ensure that those suspected of involvement in terror can continue to walk into a gun store and purchase all of the high powered military style semi-automatic weapons and high-capacity magazines that they want. Uh, instead of focusing on that, in his remarks following the Orlando massacre, Donald Trump chose to lie about the shooter, claiming that the New York-born American citizen was actually born in Afghanistan. So Donald Trump was lying about that, and that's somehow banning all Muslims and all immigrants from any country that he doesn't care for, that that would somehow, somehow stop domestic terrorism of the type we saw in Orlando over the weekend. When an American citizen opened fire and shot more than 100 clubgoers in the dark, clouded, crowded LGBT uh, uh, Pulse nightclub on Gay Pride weekend, um, it, it continues to be a fantasy. But good for him. He's now going to meet to NRA. Maybe he could talk them into doing the right goddamn thing for once in the NRA's life, at least uh, in the NRA's life since 1977 when they were taken over by extremists. 
and uh, the once uh, very nice, very helpful gun safety club called the National Rifle Association became the extremist terrorist supporting group that it has become. As I noted, uh, uh, Senate Democrats are uh, filibustering on Wednesday on the uh, on the U.S. Uh, Senate floor. They have reintroduced legislation that would keep people on the terror watch list from being able to buy firearms. Um, they said they're willing to filibuster it. We'll see how long it goes, that they're willing to filibuster until a vote was allowed on the language that had been rejected by Republicans last December. And remember, this was just days after the San Bernardino massacre out here last December, uh, which resulted in the deaths of 14 people at a Christmas party in South Carolina. That was the last time that the Republicans decided they wanted to, uh, uh, to, to block any sort of gun safety regulation in these United States. All right. Uh, got thoughts on that? Uh, love to hear from you. 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Uh, and uh, before we get to uh, your calls and a break, uh, the D.C. primary. Yes, the Washington, D.C. primary for Democrats only uh, was held on Tuesday. It is the last primary of the season. I'm happy to say it's over. Well, it's all over but the counting, and that counting continues in a number of places. In any event, here's what we have right now as for the results in Washington, D.C. Hillary Clinton absolutely crushed Bernie Sanders uh, by some 59 points, 78 percent to 21 percent, uh, at least as of uh, right now in the final contest of the 2016 cycle. Hillary Clinton picked up 12 delegates over Bernie Sanders from that contest in D.C. Now, overall, with some adjustments still to happen in places like California, where Sanders has uh, picked up victories, by the way, in three separate counties over the past week since uh, election night in uh, uh, the post-election tallies that continue. More on that in a moment. Uh, since then, um, the Democratic primary cycle now ends with Clinton holding a uh, 387 delegate lead over Sanders. Those are pledged delegates, 387 pledged delegates uh, now as the uh, Democratic primary comes to a blessed close uh, over Bernie Sanders uh, for Hillary Clinton. Now, that's a much bigger lead, of course, if you add in uh, the uh, superdelegates who do not participate at all in the nomination process, at least until they ultimately cast their vote at the Democratic National Convention in late July. In any event, as it is now, uh, Hillary Clinton is the uh, winner over Bernie Sanders in the pledged delegate uh, count by 387 delegates. Clinton and Sanders held a positive meeting. That's how it's been characterized uh, after the D.C. primaries, after the uh, polls closed in Washington, D.C. They both uh, described it as a, quote, positive discussion. It was a nearly two hour meeting. And afterwards, the campaign released similar statements describing the conversation that they had. Sanders' campaign said that the two uh, candidates had a positive discussion about how to best bring more people into the political process and about the dangerous threat that Donald Trump poses to our nation. Sanders and Clinton agreed to continue working to develop a progressive agenda that addresses the needs of working families and the middle class and adopting a progressive platform for the Democratic National Convention. According to the Sanders campaign statement, 
The Clinton campaign, for their part, said the uh, candidates, quote, discussed a variety of progressive issues where they share common goals like raising wages for working families, eliminating undisclosed money in politics and reducing the cost of college for students and their families. The Clinton statement said that the two talked about, quote, unifying the party. But as NBC noted, the Sanders statement did not did not mention that uh, earlier in the day on uh, on Tuesday before the uh, before the D.C. primary, Sanders called for a replacement to Debbie Wasserman Schultz, the DNC's chairwoman uh, who uh, they have fought with throughout this primary process. He also called for an end to the superdelegate system to for more open primaries and uh, uh, the most progressive platform in the party's history. Sanders has said that he will stay in the race until the party's July convention, and his campaign has said this week that the Vermont senator will hold a live streamed speech on Thursday evening. We will look forward to that. In the meantime, we will look back to the California primary where the counting continues. Still hundreds of thousands of, bo- of votes to be uh, to be counted. Uh, the latest numbers that we have as we go to air here shows Hillary Clinton still up above Bernie Sanders, though that is tightening a little bit. Clinton's lead uh, is uh, still 11 points over Bernie Sanders, according to the latest numbers from the California Secretary of State at this hour. That is a a small uh, decrease in the margin since last week when I think it was about 13 percent. That is now down to 11. There is still a lot of votes left to be counted for whatever that is worth. Here in Los Angeles, where the most votes uh, still stand to be counted, Clinton leads Bernie Sanders still by 14 points. That's uh, pretty much stayed the same. It's narrowed a little bit, but not a whole lot over the past several days. Uh, according to a uh, press release late last night uh, sent out by the uh, Los Angeles County Registrar Recorder County Clerk, Dean Logan, um, there are still uh, about 350,000 ballots to be counted alone here in Los Angeles County. Uh, there are uh, about 92,000 vote-by-mail ballots that came in late and uh, provisional ballots, still some 260,000 to be verified, vetted, and uh, if they are found to be uh, by cast by legitimate voters, to then be uh, included in the tally. Some 200,000 ballots have been processed since election night, mostly uh, vote-by-mail ballots. Uh, they go on to say that during the official canvas, all outstanding ballots will be reviewed, verified, and tallied. That's provisional ballots and vote-by-mail ballots. I, I hear from a lot of people that they think that uh, verified—I'm uh, sorry, that the vote-by-mail absentee ballots are not counted except in close races. That is not true. They are always counted if they are found to be legitimately cast. Same with provisional ballots. They are always counted if they are found to be uh, legitimately cast. It's a lot easier to throw out provisional ballots uh, based on various technicalities um, but they are all uh, inspected and counted if they are uh, in, if they are legitimate, uh, if the voters are found uh, to be uh, properly registered and so forth. So that uh, continues. That moves ahead. Uh, the um, Los Angeles County uh, plans to certify their election results not until July 1. So we still have several weeks more of counting on July 5. Then the L.A. County Board of Supervisors will declare their election results official, but they won't be uh, certified by the Secretary of State of California until, I believe, July 8th. 8th. Yes. Uh, Democracy, yes, it takes a while. And it takes us paying attention, and it takes us overseeing 
the tallying, which remains still very difficult to do. All of the numbers, all of the results are reported here are not verified. They are counted. Uh, they are tallied by electronic uh, uh, computers, OpScan computers, even though we use paper ballots out here in L.A. and across most of California. Those ballots are tallied by computers either correctly or incorrectly. Nobody actually knows unless they bother to count them by hand, which we don't. All right. Want to talk about that? Want to talk about anything else? Want to talk about Orlando? Our phone number is 818-985-5735. We're going to take a quick break and come back with your calls. And then Desi Doyen in the Green News Report. That's all ahead here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Hey, it's Brad. The 2016 election season is now at full throttle. And while the Bradcast and Bradblog.com fight for election integrity all year around like no other media outlet in the nation, we need your support to keep doing so now more than ever. Please stop by Bradblog.com donate to make a monthly pledge of any amount you like to help keep us going or even just a one time only contribution. While everyone else covers the horse race, we also keep our eyes on the track conditions that those horses are running on. Because voting systems, access to the polls, and citizen oversight of election results can make all the difference. Please help us continue to fight independently for your democracy by taking about 60 seconds to stop by bradblog.com donate right now. And thanks. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Go into your calls in a moment, 818-985-5735. Radioactive. According to an alarming new global risk report published on Tuesday by the United Nations Office for Disarmament Affairs, presumptive GOP presidential nominee Donald Trump may be just seven months away from acquiring nuclear weapons. A year ago, the threat didn't seem great enough to warrant serious concern, but at this moment, a nuclear-capable Trump is now a very real and very imminent possibility, warned UNODA High Representative Kim Wan-Soo, adding that the agency's current projections show Trump potentially procuring nuclear weapons as well as advanced ballistic missile technology as early as January of next year. While the U.N. officials said the international community should prepare for the destabilizing effects of Trump acquiring such weapons, they still held out hope that citizens of this nation might yet rise up against him and topple the extremist before he posed a global existential threat. That, of course, coming from the uh, barely satirical newspaper known as The Onion. All right, well, let's get to uh, some of your calls at 818-985-KPFK, 
5735 on Orlando, on the elections, on the primary cycles, on uh, Donald Trump, on anything else you want to talk about. Luis from Arcadia, welcome to the broadcast. What is on your mind, Luis? Hey, Brad. It's an honor to talk to you. Uh, listen, I uh, just read last night that uh, San Luis Obispo and Santa Barbara County flipped and uh, went with Bernie Yep, uh, because they had people uh, volunteering to um, count the, the absentee ballots and mm-hmm. the provisional ballots. L.A. County and all the rest of the counties, too, except I'm, all the ones that have reported already. I know all of them are reported. All of them have submitted the ballots, but they're still counting them. Yeah. They don't have any money to um, to pay people to to count the ballots, so they well, need uh, people to go count the provisional ballots and uh, the absentee ballots over in Norwalk. I, I don't, I don't think. Hearing, yeah, no, go ahead. Other county, like San Bernardino or Riverside, they got to check with their um, with the county and, and find out they need volunteers to go because that vote has to be certified uh, by the first of July, right? And whether or not they're counted or not, so they need volunteers. We need everybody yep. out there to go make sure that the that the um, that the ballots are counted. Thanks for your uh, call, Louis. Uh, Louis, uh, the the I don't believe that this is a matter of money. I don't believe that they're uh, looking for volunteers, to my knowledge, to help with the counting. At least not out here in L.A. County. Uh, but volunteers uh, are welcome to go and oversee the counting in as much as you can, in as much as you can watch a paper ballot going through a computer and knowing know if it counted it right correctly or not. But you can look at uh, uh, the uh, the validation of the vote-by-mail ballots. You can uh, see which ones they are uh, choosing to count, which ones they are tossing out, and why in both the uh, vote-by-mail ballots and the provisional ballots. Uh, and yes, I would always urge people to go and oversee those countings, uh, those tallies in all of the counties, uh, whether it's in L.A. or any of the other uh, counties in California or around the country. Let them know that we are watching, at least watching uh, the part of the tallying that we're able to to watch. They've hidden all the rest, uh, which uh, people who have listened to uh, Brad, the Bradcast and read bradblog.com know I've been railing against for years. It's an insane system. Uh, thanks for that call. Brad, yeah. Brad, just one more thing. I, you, know, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just as fearful as Donald Trump, but, um, you know, I'm when it comes to that, I'm not exactly sure I'm down with Hillary. I'm going to sit this one out, I think. I'm really going to sit this one out, I think. All right. I hear you, uh, Luis. By the way, you don't have to sit it out. Uh, you can. Uh, there are other candidates who will be on the ballot. Uh, you can vote for anyone you like. You can even vote for me. You can write in Brad Friedman for president. We're going to start that movement right now. Thanks, Luis. I got to get a board full of uh, folks. So I want to get to them. Uh, appreciate the call. Let me get to uh, Jessica in Pasadena. Hey, Jessica. Welcome to the broadcast. Hi. Am I on the air? You am on the air. Okay, great. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment about what I feel like isn't being covered in this gun debate. Yeah. In terms of gun violence is very foundational to America. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about it, we are not really talking about, like, who is manufacturing these assault weapons, these high-capacity destructive weapons, and, like, how, um, like, when we talk about regulating them, like, what about, like, the military and the police and how they use them, mostly to target people of color overseas, but then also, if you look at gun ownership, like who has historically been able to acquire and stockpile weapons and whether gun restrictions will ever go at, you know, maybe 
people with ties to white supremacy that actually have overlap with training with the military and the police who have a lot of access to these weapons. And when we make restrictions, it's like we have to look at who is already overwhelmingly policed. So, like, the war on guns, you know, people have been regulating and policing and incarcerating communities of color for decades, if not using guns, like, against them for centuries. Mm -hmm. So, like, now... You know, so it's like it's like a cultural shift too, not just policy change. We need to have a cultural shift. Well, we need a cultural shift, but the fact of the matter is, it also needs to be established that, yes, we the people can decide, uh, you know, how we wish to regulate these weapons, how, you know, when we have the, and nobody's talking even about, you know, taking anyone's guns away. Uh, we're talking about the type of weapons that are sold. We're talking about, uh, as I called it, the lowest hanging fruit, you know, closing the gun show loophole. That means you don't have to get a background check from certain sellers if you go and buy them at a, at a gun show, the, the loophole that makes it uh, apparently perfectly legal uh, to buy a whole bunch of guns at the uh, at the gun show and then go out into the parking lot and sell them to friends uh, or, uh, you know, other people. You know, the, the idea that we, the people, uh, control our own government, that we have a say in how this goes and that we've got a, 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 an insane majority of people want these low-hanging fruit gun safety regulations put in place. Ninety percent of the American public would like to close the gun show loopholes. Some 80 uh, percent of members of the terrorist supporting NRA would like to close those uh, gun show loopholes, and yet we can't even hold a vote on it. That's my point. We can have this discussion, Jessica, about the type of uh, uh, regulations we should have, but let's have the discussion, let's have the debate, and then let's make public policy based on it. Does that make right. you feel any better, Jessica? I mean, it just makes me, you know, I feel like it goes back to the fact that we don't actually get to vote on a lot of the things that are really important. Like, we don't get to vote if we go to war. We don't get to mm -hmm. vote on military operations. Yeah. And then also just a side note about what happened this past weekend. You know, some you were mentioning, like, uh, we don't want people to be carrying weapons because it would increase collateral damage. But when the police went in there, there's some reports saying that the police may have shot some of the people in there, too. And they're calling that friendly fire, but I don't really consider that friendly fire. Well, well, okay, I hear you, and and you're concerned. I understand you're concerned about uh, the police and gun violence carried out by the police themselves. You should be concerned about it. We should all be concerned about it. I totally understand. But it's not one way or another. We can uh, we can make public policy that, you know, when we added uh, seatbelts, when we required seatbelts to be added in cars. No, it did not end all of the deaths uh, in cars, but it helped massively, radically. It bent that curve, and, and that's what we have to do for guns. Jess, I, I appreciate your call. I really do, and your thoughts here. I got a board full of people. I want to try to get to as many as I can, but uh, but thanks Great, for thank you. checking thank in. You. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right, let me go to, um, oh, who do I go to next here? There's so many to choose from. Let me go to, uh, there we go, Bill in Lake Elsinore. Hey, Bill, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, Brad. Um, as the insanity multiplied exponentially, Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that really Bill O'Reilly? I, I can't believe it. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. <laughs> this five-five-six military round 
developed and invented by the military for military purpose only, is even illegal to hunt with in California. Yep. <laughs> but um, uh, how are guns are going to keep us safe from tyranny? Can you explain that to me, Brad? Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. And that's the uh, that's the pretend reason that uh, right wingers love to give that uh, we need to we need to have these guns to protect ourselves from the government because even though the government has uh, you know fully automatic weapons and tanks and drones and missiles and nuclear weapons and grenade launchers, somehow uh, your uh, semi-automatic assault rifle is going to uh, save you from government tyranny. No, you know what's going to save you from government tyranny? It ain't the bullets. It's the ballots. But only if we can count them. Mark in Thousand Oaks. Hey, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Yeah, hey, Brad. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, Hey, uh, I want to talk to you basically about open primaries, but just quickly, I did have to say the Bernier bus movement, I called a couple times. People just have to realize that inaction is action. You know, so, I mean, if they say they're going to sit out, it is they are doing something. Anyway, my point. I should also say, by the way, even if you don't like uh, Hillary or Trump, I I mentioned there's other people to vote for uh, who are running for president. But there's also other people on the ballot, other offices on the ballot, uh, ballot initiatives. So if you don't want to participate, you have a right to not participate. Uh, But I think that's really, really stupid and ineffective. That's just me. Anyway, go ahead, Mark. I agree. I agree. Uh, and I had called as a Hillary supporter, and thank you for taking me in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a few. But my question about open primaries, I get that Bernie wants this. Uh, so I'm a little just curious as to really how effective open primaries are. I get that it instills more people to participate, but as we see, a lot of people, they screw up with the ballots because they register a certain type of independent, et cetera. I mean, we've had voters that cross lines. I mean, just as much, probably more so for Bernie. But, you know, you have Hillary, um, people voting against Hillary in Michigan and other states. They do vice versa. Do you really think that, you know, open primaries, since the Democratic Party is a private party, mm-hmm. is that really in the Democrats' best interest? And that's kind of my question to you. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm uh, very troubled uh, when uh, in places like New York where, where the, you know, the, the conversation about the open primaries really picked up after that because you had a primary in New York where only registered Democrats could vote, but they had to be registered as a Democrat as of last year. I think it was September or October of last year in order to participate in the, uh, in the primary that went on in, uh, what, April or May of this year, right. which is in insane. And I think that's... What's that? That's nuts. I agree. It's nuts. And so I think that Sanders point is, look, Hillary Clinton is wildly unpopular amongst uh, independents, at least, uh, you know, compared to the other candidates in the race. She's more unpopular. I believe Uh, I have a story um, that shows her in third place uh, among independents, according to a new poll uh, against Donald Trump and against Libertarian Party candidate Gary Johnson. I don't know. I don't know if uh, the Green Party uh, uh, was included in that or not. But uh, meanwhile, Bernie Sanders was wildly popular with independents. And the idea is 
hey, you know what? These independents might become members of the Democratic Party if they were allowed to participate instead of being shut out. And I think in that regard, they did a grave disservice. On the other hand, here in California, you could register all the way up uh, two, two weeks before the election in order to participate. Now, with that in mind, California has a terrible, confusing system uh, where the parties chose to screw it up. But uh, but the idea that at least you could participate if you want to change your registration a couple weeks before the primary, that makes sense to me. Yeah, Mark? And the other thing, though, I was just thinking, I don't know a lot of people who are voting for Bernie. You know, they vote independent or they register independent. I mean, most of those people, technically, they really, I don't see what the harm would be to vote Democrat, you know, to register as yeah. a Democrat. I did when I came here to the state. I got a ballot in the mail, simple, out the door. Uh, it seemed to be less hassle. And I don't like that idea of so many people crossing parties to not vote for somebody. So yeah. if you didn't like Hillary, you're, you know, so I don't know if, if bringing in those extra people for the independents is offsetting all the other problems, the registration mm-hmm. problems, all the other stuff. So that's just... So just food for thought. All right. I appreciate the food. I'm very hungry for it. Thank you, Mark. Uh, thanks All for right, calling in. You. Let me uh, let me get to uh, Steve in uh, Stephen in Burbank. Hey, Stephen, welcome to the broadcast. Okay, Brad, as soon as I get over my stage fright, I can get to the point. Oh, hey, Steve, because our old friend Stephen Burbank. Good to hear from you. Oh, for sure. And, and what it is is uh, we look at the metabolic uh, structural entity, a singular human being, a tribe, a family, neighborhood, society, etc. With, with, the, with the structure, there is the possibility of the, a disease, and I see the disease. And what I see is gun violence. I see uh, people hating the poor people, you know, the freeloaders and all that. That is a symptom of the disease. It is not the disease itself. It is the symptom. And so like with Joseph Salk, you know, uh, instead of focusing on better braces and better crutches for polio, he actually went after the disease instead of tinkering around with, uh, you know, trying to get uh, a, a mass shooter to kill only five people rather than to kill 49 people. So, Stephen, I'm short on time. What is the, uh, what's the disease here as you see it? Okay, I call it OTSD, uh, Ongoing Traumatic Stress Syndrome. The American way is more and more, faster and faster. Uh, take up the task, uh, make your plans, achieve the goal, and this is what they do. It's, it's what uh, gangs, uh, drug-dealing gangs do. It's market-share territories. You know, when, when the uh, gangs go after each other, shoot each other, that's for the, the capitalistic uh, principle of market share territories. They're going to make the sale. They're not going to let the other guy get the money from making the sale. And this is inculcated into our consciousness mm-hmm. from the time we're born. To, uh, we go to kindergarten, all through education. We are enculturated with this belief system that uh, you got to get tough or die. You got to uh, you got to adapt to the system. You got to be a high functioning zombie. You know, to make it in this society, we have stories about uh, big brains going into finance because they can get uh, a better standard of living out of that rather than going into science and Thank- technology or the arts and all that other stuff. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate that thought. Uh, and uh, because I'm a uh, high-performing uh, zombie, I have to move on to the next call and to get to the break in time. Good to hear from you, Steve. Uh, do we have uh, time for one more? Oh, we do. Let me let me uh, get to one more before the break here. Uh, Margo! 
Yes, it's Margo again from Santa Cruz, our old uh, super duper associate producer. Hey, Margo, welcome back to the broadcast. What's going on? You have uh, like 30 seconds to tell me. Yes, right. So I just wanted to make two clarifications. One, you said that they don't count anything, but they, according to the assistant county clerk here in Santa Cruz, they do count 10% of the paper trail from the uh, touchscreens, and they do a 1% random uh, selection of votes mm-hmm. from the precincts and do count there. Yes, that's very, very small and probably doesn't make any difference, especially if there's fraud in, you know, let's say two out of 100 precincts, that's probably like 0.002 probability of finding that. Yep. And then the other thing is... Um, yeah, so you had a caller who was talking about, you know, going and observing and stuff. So mm-hmm. I've done that. But I, I would also say that uh, I'm, I think people are concerned that they're not going to count everything and actually get through all the provisionals. But again, uh, speaking with the assistant county clerk here, she says that they cannot certify an election until they go through all the ballots, including the provisionals. So yep. I don't think it's an, it's a number of, you know, it's, a, it's not a matter of having enough people to do it. Right. They can always go to the court and ask for more time to count. Well done. Thank you, Margo. I have to I have to get out and I'll respond only uh, to say that, yes, they they tally uh, theoretically a random one percent of the ballots by hand uh, long after uh, election night out here in California. Uh, Those samples can uh, can be gamed. And uh, frankly, it's such a tiny sample. I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference. And when they are counted and they don't match the results, they still certify the election anyway. As to the paper trail on those touchscreens, they use up there in Santa Cruz. Uh, They are completely 100% meaningless. They cannot be verified. That said, please give my best to the delightful uh, county clerk up there, uh, Gail Pellerin. Gail Pellerin. uh, Tell her Brad from uh, bradblog.com says hello. Margo, I got to get out. I appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. We're going to take a break and we'll be back with the Green News Report and Desi Doyne. Maybe another call or two. I'm Brad Friedman. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast, both brought to you without corporate or political influence. Why? Because we rely on you to help keep us completely independent. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate today and help us stay on your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. You'll thank yourself later. I'll thank you now. This is KPFK 90.7 Los Angeles, 98.7 FM Santa Barbara, worldwide on kpfk.org, Southern California's original public radio station, hitting the airwaves since 1959. Publicly funded and made possible by you, the listener. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Dr. Tucker tweets us on the Twitters uh, where I am the Bradblog to say people fought and died for the right to vote and the caller is not going to exercise that right out of spite. What? Someone else responds to say that really boils my blood. People who will not vote and others trying to block 
voting. Treason is strong, but question mark dot dot dot. You can drop me uh, a tweet at the Brad blog. Desi Doyen joins us now for the Green News Report. Hi, Des. Hey, this is so awesome, but we really have to get to the Green News Report. <laughs> okay, all you care about is your damn Green News Report. Let's get to it. Our latest Green News Report. To live in harmony with Mother Earth is a part of our ancient belief. India's prime minister praises environmental responsibility to congressional Republicans. Bankrupt Peabody Coal secretly funded dozens of climate change denier groups. Coal use plunges to new lows in the U.S. More oil companies abandon the Arctic. Plus, Norway becomes the first nation to ban deforestation. All of those firsts and more straight ahead. From Bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. We have an incompetent administration, and if I'm elected president, that will not change, I will tell you, that will not change over the next four years. Um, yeah, that's what he said. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, one piece of business before we begin. I want to welcome our newest Green News affiliate, the Tom Hartman Program. Oh, yay! Delighted to have them on board. And my thanks, of course, to our friends over there, Shano and Danielle as well. Welcome aboard. Indeed. Now, uh, the other point uh, before we get to your news, I noticed that the solar impulse, the 100% solar airplane that it's working its way around the world, has now made its way to New York City. And I know you're covering this uh, closely. You love this solar plane. So I thought I'd uh, point that out. Well, thanks so much. Yes, they landed safely in New York and will soon be starting on the very dangerous Atlantic Ocean crossing soon. We wish them our best. What else do you have for us today? Not a climate change denier. India's conservative prime minister, Narendra Modi, in an address to a joint session of Congress last week, praised U.S. leadership in brokering last year's historic U.N.-Paris climate agreement, which congressional Republicans have vowed to kill. Modi said it is working toward a better future for all. We are working together, not just for better future for ourselves, but for the whole world. That's the fakest accent I've ever heard. <laughs> well, Obama and Modi announced a $1 billion partnership to advance renewable energy financing for off-grid electricity projects in rural areas in India. Modi pledged that India will ratify the Paris Agreement as early as possible and will work to phase down production of hydrofluorocarbons, or HFCs. Those are used in air conditioning and refrigeration and are extremely potent greenhouse gases. Experts say it was critical to get this commitment on HFCs from India. India before it established industries that rely on them. Impossible. Republicans told me for years that neither China nor India would take any action on climate change. Yep. Coal mining in the United States has plunged to its lowest levels in 35 years, according to new data from the Department of Energy. In 2007, coal was the nation's primary source of electricity, but thanks to cheaper natural gas and renewables, coal's share has declined by a third in less than 10 years. And that coal crash has led to bankruptcies of major coal companies. The Guardian reports that bankruptcy court filings by Peabody Coal reveal that the coal giant secretly funded climate science denial groups 
at least two dozen of them, devoted to opposing environmental regulations and casting doubt on man-made climate change. Think tanks, contrarian scientists, trade groups, industry front groups, and the Koch brothers group Americans for Prosperity all were paid secretly by Peabody to deny climate science. Meanwhile, in the Arctic, on the heels of U.S. oil companies like Shell canceling plans to drill for fossil fuels in the rapidly melting North Pole, now a Spanish oil company, Repsol, has become the latest to abandon its drilling leases in the Chukchi Sea. Russia's state-owned natural gas company, Gazprom, is also pulling out of the Barents Sea in the Arctic, admitting the effort is, quote, not only practically impossible, but also pointless. The popular weed killer atrazine poses a potentially serious ongoing risk to birds, mammals, fish, frogs, and many plants that it is not designed to kill. That's the conclusion of a comprehensive new study by the Environmental Protection Agency, which found that atrazine, which is primarily sprayed on farm crops, doesn't actually stay there. It washes out into surface and groundwater supplies and is now widespread throughout our environment. Banned in Europe, environmental and public health groups are calling for the EPA to launch a total ban on atrazine in the United States. Finally, Norway has become the world's first country to ban deforestation. The Norwegian parliament has voted to require that all government purchases must not be from companies that can be linked to destruction of the rainforest. That includes products like palm oil and wood products from Central and South America and Indonesia. Norway's legislature also committed $250 million to help the nation of Guyana protect its forest. Nice to see nations taking action around the world would be even nicer if we saw our nation taking the action that it should, at least in the U.S. Congress. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find us and follow us on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyne. And this has been your Green News Report. Seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. They play paradise, put up a parking lot. Thank you very much, uh, Desi Doyen. And uh, I know we had a lot of people who called in. Thank you for calling in. I wish we could get to everyone. Uh, We only got an hour uh, to do that, to get in all of our news. But we are on the air five days a week. Uh, And you can download uh, this show uh, or any others if you missed it at bradblog.com. KPFK listeners here can download at kpfk.org. You can download... Uh, you can uh, stop by iTunes and uh, subscribe to the Bradcast. Get all five, five days, Monday through Friday, in your uh, on your iPhone. And you can keep listening. While you're over at iTunes, please give us a good review. It helps other people find the Bradcast as well. Makes it easier to do what we're doing and get the word out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our soundboard operator today, G. And, of course, to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. Drop me uh, a Twitter if you like at uh, Twitter uh, or the Facebooks where I am the Brad Blog. And my email is bradcast at bradblog.com. Always happy to hear from you. We'll be back tomorrow. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. Good luck, world.